Okay, good afternoon. Hello, hello, hello. And happy Saturday. This is the Single Mom of Purpose coming back to continue our discussion on discipleship. Um, if you've been listening, then you know I will be sharing out of the book uh, titled New Christian's Handbook, Everything Believers Need to Know by Max Anders, okay? And today I'm going to be sharing out of chapter 16 and chapter 17, okay? And our title um, for chapter 16 is What is the Spiritual War, Okay important subject okay because um, many don't know that when you decide to give your life back to God um, to be one with him that you are going to have some opposition from your number one enemy okay Um, so we need to know what we are up against so we can um, be prepared for it be battle ready so we know how to deal with it and move on and move forward and just be equipped okay so let's go ahead and dive on in here it's chapter 16 again title is what is the spiritual war the chapter at a glance gives us five bullet points the first one is angels are god's servant second bullet point demons are satan's servants the third bullet point the world opposes god the fourth bullet point the flesh opposes god and the fifth and final bullet is the devil opposes god okay so angels are god's servants angels are spirits who live for the most part in another realm than humanity and do the bidding of God. There are a number of observations from the Bible that we can make about what angels are like. Angels are created by God to do his will. Psalms 103, 20-21 and Colossians 1 and 16. They are spirit beings who sometimes take on human form and we do not know they are angels just from looking at them. Genesis 19.1, Hebrews 1.14, Hebrews 13.2. Sometimes they appear in a body that makes it plain they are angels. John 20 verse 12. Countless numbers were all created at the same time. There is a fixed number of them. They are without gender, never marry, and live forever. Matthew 22.30. Luke 20:36. They are created higher than humans for now, but when we get to heaven, humans will be higher than angels. Psalms 8:5, 1 Corinthians 6:3. They have great intelligence and power. Though their intelligence and power are limited, Psalms 130:20, Isaiah 37:36, Mark 13:32, 1 Peter 1:12. They care about what happens to humans and rejoice when one becomes a Christian. Luke 15, 10, Christians may have guardian angels. Matthew 18, 10, Hebrews 1, 14. We can also make a number of observations from the Bible about what angels do. 
angels do whatever God wants them to do. That's Psalms 130, well, I'm sorry, 103, 20 through 21. They punish those who rebel against God. First Chronicles 21, 15, Acts 12, 23. Sometimes they defend and protect God's people. First Kings 19, 5, Daniel 6, 22, Acts 5, 19, Acts 12, 8 through 11. They may guide Christians to witness to certain unbelievers. Acts 8.26 They will come with Christ when he returns to earth. Matthew 25.31 They appear to be organized in a hierarchy of power. Daniel 10.13 and 21 Matthew 26.53 and Colossians 1.16 Angels are somehow interested in and connected to the church today. 1 Timothy 5.21 and 1 Peter 1.12 Demons are Satan's servants. Demons are good angels who sinned, following Satan in his rebellion against God, and who now oppose the will of God and do the will of Satan. The Bible also gives us information about the character and work of demons. They were created as good angels, then for some reason did not keep their proper domain, but abandoned their own home and rebelled against God following Satan. That's in Jude 6. Demons appear to be organized into an army-like hierarchy. Some demons may have authority over geographic locations, seeming to be the spiritual power behind the empires of Persia, Babylon, and Tyre while others focus on individuals Isaiah 14 12 through 15 <clears throat> excuse me Ezekiel 28 13 through 19 and Daniel 10 13 Ephesians 6 12 they have a well-developed system of their own doctrine that they promote among humans to deceive and destroy them first Timothy 4 1 through 3 Demons can possess individuals, inflict physical maladies, cause insanity or derangement, give a person extraordinary strength, have seemingly supernatural abilities, and can take over a person's life and destiny if allowed. Keyword, if allowed. Okay? Matthew 9, 32, 33. Uh, also, also Matthew 10, 8. Matthew 17, 15 through 18. Mark 6:13, Luke 8, 26 through 20, 31, excuse me, Acts 16, 16 through 24, Romans 1, 18 through 25. <clears throat> Both angels and demons appear to have a role in the spiritual war in which all Christians find themselves. Ephesians 6:12. In addition to these uns on that. In addition, if I can talk to these unusual unseen hosts of heaven, the Bible identifies three other battlefronts in the spiritual war, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Okay, so the world opposes God. By the word cosmos, we do not mean the globe, the earth, rather we mean the realm of humanity that is under the control of Satan, Ephesians 6.12, and is set in opposition to God, Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. The dangers of the world include the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, 1 John 2, 16. Christians were delivered from the world, transferred from the power of darkness into the kingdom of the Son and his love, Colossians 1, 13. 
Christians can still love the things of the world that is things that are outside the will of God for them. 1 John 2.15 The heart's true loyalties should lie in discovering the will of God and doing it from the heart. Whenever the heart chooses... What, um, let me start over. Whenever the heart chooses values, attitudes, or behavior over obedience to God, it is worldly, regardless of whether the value, attitude, or behavior is inherently bad. Romans 6, 13. Okay. The flesh opposes God. By flesh, we do not, we do not mean our physical body, but the sinful attitude of the mind that rejects God. It seems to be a force, almost like spiritual gravity, that pulls us to sin. Nothing good dwells in the flesh. It opposes the will of God. It wars against the mind of God and makes us captive to sin. Romans 7, 14-25 The flesh has illicit passions and desires. Galatians 5, 24 Works death, Romans 7, 5 and is categorized by lust. Galatians 5, 16, 1 Peter 4, 2, 1 John 2, 16. The works of the flesh include adultery, sexual immortality, hatred, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, envy, murder, etc. And you can also find that in Galatians 5, 19 through 21. When we become a Christian, we are no longer after the flesh. 2 Corinthians 10.3, Galatians 2.20. But we need to be watchful because the flesh can lure us back into its influence. Romans 6.19. Okay, and we're coming up on our last bullet point. The devil opposes God. The number of people involved in witchcraft, the occult, and Satanism seems to be a, on a dramatic increase in the United States. There are a number of observations we can make from the Bible about Satan. The name Satan means adversary or enemy. The apostle Peter even called him your adversary, the devil, 1 Peter 5, 8. He was an angel who rebelled against God and fell into sin, becoming the ultimate evil being in the universe. His sin was pride. He wanted to be like God, meaning he wanted to be equal with God, equal in authority. Isaiah 14, 13 through 15, 1 Timothy 3, 6. Okay? Some believe that at that time, a third of the good angels followed him into rebellion and became demons. Revelations 12, 4. Nine angels. Wait, no. I think that's uh, Revelations 12, 4, 9. Angels are often re referred to as stars. He has authority over all the demons, and his goal is to set up his own kingdom and rule in place of God. Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes, oh, yeah, Ecclesiastes, uh, no, Ezekiel, Lord help me, <laughs> 28, 13 through 19. They only have like abbreviated. I'm like, oh, no, I'm looking, I'm looking at it, but I'm trying to say something else, but excuse me. Okay, Satan deceives us in order to destroy us. Jesus even called him a murderer, a liar, and the father of all lies. John 8, 44, Revelations 9, 11, uh, Revelations 12, 9, Revelations 12, no, I'm sorry, 20, 10. Satan blinds the minds of unbelievers so they, may, so they might not believe the gospel. He employs demons to try to defeat believers and tempt us to sin. 
1 Corinthians 7, 5, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, Ephesians 6, 12. Yeah, I think that's a typo. So it says 6 and it goes probably to a 22. Um, Satan is extremely powerful and is the god of his age and the prince of the power of the air. 2 Corinthians 4, 4, Ephesians 2, 2. Satan is not all-knowing and not able to be in more than one place at a time. And while he's very powerful, his power is limited. He is extremely intelligent and has an army of demons who carry out his orders, making him even more powerful. Job 1, 9-12, Job 2, 4-6, Mark 5, 12, 1 John 3, 8. Satan and presumably his demons disguises himself as an angel of light to deceive people into thinking that he and or his demons are good spirits when in fact they are evil. Second <clears throat> Corinthians eleven fourteen. In the end, Jesus will triumph triumph over Satan, who will be eternally judged for his unspeakable evil. Revelations twenty and ten. So in the conclusion, the Bible is open and unembarrassed and talking about angels, demons, and Satan. It readily exposes the dangers of world and the flesh. In years past, these ideas used to be suspect, too unsophisticated for moderns to believe, but no longer. In incre increasing numbers, people are admitting the reality of the unseen world, the power of dark forces, and the ability to choose good and evil. I'm sorry, the ability to choose good or evil. In the Bible, whenever an angel appeared, the first words out of its mouth were usually fear not. They were initially terrifying. They are awesome, powerful beings who usually deliver messages from God that include judgment on actions and attitudes. They are not genies in a bottle. They don't come to give us three wishes. They are messengers of God come to represent God to us. Whether angels or demons, they are for real. Angels may very well have come in and out of your life without you ever knowing it. They, have been, they may have been invisible or they may have taken on a human form so, they, so that you would not know they were angels. Also, demonic forces are to be taken seriously, but they can be successfully resisted for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. 1 John 4 we will deal more fully with this subject in a later chapter but for now we have established the fact that angels satan and demons are indeed for real okay <clears throat> so our three questions let me ask you number one have you ever had an experience in which you suspect an angel might have visited or helped you number two what would you say to someone who said he or she didn't believe the devil exists okay Number three, what is the greatest danger to you personally from the world, the flesh, the devil? Okay. And our scripture to memorize is 1 John 2, 15 through 16. And our prayer is, Dear Lord, thank you that you have warned me against the enemies I face in the spiritual war. Help me to be... <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> uh, my sinuses, y'all. Excuse me. Dear Lord... <laughs> Thank you that you have warned me against the enemies I face in the spiritual war. Help me to be alert to them and to resist their influence in my life. Thank you for protecting me. Amen. 
Okay, y'all. So that was chapter 16. And I want to get through chapter 17. <coughs> if my sinuses will stop giving me issues and problems. Um, oh, we, ooh, Lord. One, two, three, four. We, yep, we got six bullet points for chapter 17. <coughs> Hopefully I could get through this. So, okay. Chapter 17. How can we win the spiritual war? Uh, the first bullet point, the belt of truth anchors us. The breastplate of righteousness protects us. The shoes of peace gives us stability. The shield of faith wards off blows. The helmet of salvation guards our head. The sword of the spirit defends and attacks. <coughs> Lord Jesus. Okay. The belt of truth anchors us. The belt of truth equals commitment to God's truth. The belt of truth refers to the thick leather belt the Roman soldier wore to hold his tunic in place and to which was attached uh, the sheath for his sword. When the Roman soldier girded his loins, he tucked his long outer robe under his belt so that it would not get in his way when running or fighting. Peter used the same imagery in 1 Peter 1.13 when he wrote, Gird up the loins of your mouth. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus, if I can read and see good today. Oh, Lord, gird up the loins of your mind. I saw M and I said, thought it was mouth. Lord, forgive me. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. This means prepare your minds for action. Get ready for combat. Be self-controlled. Get focused. In the same way the Christian might prepare himself for spiritual battle by making a total commitment to the truth of scripture and by setting his mind to follow that truth. Okay? The breastplate of righteousness protects us. The breastplate of righteousness equals a lifestyle of trusting obedience to God. The breastplate was an important part of the Roman soldier's battle gear. It was a metal cast of a human torso that protected the upper part of his body, including his heart and lungs, from the swords, arrows, and spears of the enemy. The spiritual breastplate of righteousness is an equally important piece of armor for our spiritual protection. It protects us from the consequences of sin, from the harm and danger, Lord, from the harm and damage <laughs> and violent ravages of sin. It protects us from the hardening and choking of the spiritual arteries that slowly kill the spiritual life. It protects us from Satan's deceptive methods by giving us discernment. It keeps us from coming under the dis discipline of God. The breastplate of righteousness is God's divine protection against the flaming darts and arrows of Satan. One reason God demands that we live righteous lives is to protect us from Satan. <coughs> The shoes of peace give us stability. Oh Lord. Okay. The shoes of the shoes of the gospel of peace equal a trusting confidence on the promises of God and the sense of peace that trust brings. 
the Roman soldier needed good footwear. A soldier who couldn't keep his footing was a vulnerable soldier. Geophis, in the sixth volume of his major work on the Jewish wars, describes the soldier's footwork as shoes thickly studded with sharp nails. Thus they could keep their footing in the worst conditions. The military successes of Alexander the Great and Jewish... Oh, Lord. <laughs> like I'm just reading correctly. And Julius Caesar were due in large measure of their army's ability to undertake long marches at incredible speed over rough terrain. They could not have done this unless their feet were well shod. The same holds true in the spiritual battle. We must keep our footing no matter how treacherous the ground. What does the gospel of peace refer to? It is probably not the gospel message of salvation by grace through faith in Christ. What it does refer to more likely is the peace of God that is ours when we believe the promises of God and act accordingly. Lord, help me, Jesus. When we read Jesus' own words, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, troubled, neither let it be afraid. John 14, 27. Lord, thank you, Jesus. When we believe God, when we believe what he says and trust him, then we have the personal inner peace that enables us to keep our footing in the daily spiritual battle. Lord, Lord, Lord. Lord, Lord, Lord. Come on, Jesus. The shield of faith wards off blows. The shield of faith equals a life of protection based on our faith in God's character, word, and deeds. Roman soldiers sometimes use a small round shield, but the Greek word translated here describes a shield large enough for the soldiers to crouch behind to protect themselves from volleys of arrows coming from enemy archery divisions. The surface of these large shields were either metal or leather over wood, which would repel or withstand flaming missiles. These were arrows that had been soaked in or wrapped with flammable material and were then set on fire and launched by the enemy. They were doubly lethal. In spiritual warfare, the enemy of our soul launches his deadly arrows at us, and it is faith that protects us. Faith is our shield. Lord, 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 Lord. Mm, 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 mm. The helmet of salvation guards our heads. The helmet of salvation equals a lifestyle of hope that comes from focusing on our ultimate salvation. Lord, 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 Lord. Come on here. Come on here. The head is a particularly vulnerable spot on the human body. A blow to the arm or leg may be painful but take a blow to the head and suddenly the stars are out and the birds are singing. 
A sharp blow to the arm or head by break a bone. A sharp blow to the head can kill. Roman soldiers wore helmets for obvious reasons. In developing his metaphor of spiritual armor, Paul indicated that the helmet is one of the most important pieces for it is the helmet of salvation. Salvation has three different dimensions, past, present, and future. Come on here. Past. Past salvation delivered us from the penalty of sin. Upon committing our lives to Christ, we were forgiven and cleansed of our sins, spiritually born and made eligible for heaven. We were at that time justified, declared righteous by God, Romans 5, 1. Present. We are being freed more and more from the power of sin in our everyday lives. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. John 8, 32. As we come to know more and more truth, we are more and more set free from the negative effects of sin. As we live in faithful obedience to God, he frees us from the power and bondage of sin. Lord, have your way, have your way. Future. Future salvation will deliver us from the presence of sin. When Christ comes again, he will deliver us to our final salvation. Hebrews 9, 28. And we will go to heaven. The present heaven and earth will be destroyed in a cosmic flash. And a new heaven and earth will be created. All sin will be destroyed and we will live forever in the presence of God, unaffected and untouched by sin, never again knowing anything of sin. If we would stand firm in the spiritual battle with the powers of darkness, the Apostle Paul said, keep your mind fixed on your final and ultimate salvation. Put your heart in the next world while keeping your hands in this one. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Okay, last bullet point. The sword of the spirit defends and attacks. The sword of the spirit, an offensive and defensive use of the Bible in spiritual warfare. The Roman soldier's sword, Macharia, was short and double-bladed. This cut and thrust weapon wielded by the heavenly armed legionary was distinct from the large uh, Thracian, T-H-R-A-C-I-N, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, broad sword, Romphia, R-H-O-M-P-H-A-I-A. The smaller weapon was used in hand-to-hand combat. It was a weapon of last resort used in intense warfare. Commitment to the whole Bible, Logos, is important in the spiritual warfare. But this occurs when we um, don the first piece of armor, the belt of truth. When we do that, we accept the truth of the Bible and choose to follow it with integrity. Then, when we take up the sword of the Spirit... We use specific words, rhema, to fend off attacks of the enemy and put him to flight. For example, if we are tempted to get angry, we recite in our minds the verses we have already memorized, be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. James 1, 19, 20. 
this is how to use the sword of the spirit okay lord now let's do our think about it we got four think about think about it so number one if you don't believe in the absolute truth of scripture you cast yourself adrift on a sea of uncertainty incapable of knowing anything for sure and without any basis for hope number two if you don't believe that a righteous life is necessary to pleasing God and being safe in the, in the spiritual war, you will not be willing to make the difficult decisions necessary for victory. If you don't believe and rest in the promises of God, your life is liable to be a constant stream of anxiety and distress. If you don't realize that Christian life is a walk of faith, you will, you will be continually frustrated over God's refusal to bless the things you cherish. Okay, so our conclusion. Everything God asks of us, he does not so he does so to give something good to us and to keep us from harm. God commands us to put on the spiritual armor because he wants us to equip us because he wants us to equip us for victory in the spiritual war. I don't know why that reads funny, but okay. Americans pick and choose what commands of God they will take seriously and what they will ignore. If you, if Lord, if we don't want to be a casualty in this war, we had better quit playing fast and loose with the Christian disciplines and commands of God. We had better stop saying, what can I get away with? And start saying, what would Jesus do? We had better stop crying legalism and start crying righteousness. In the spiritual warfare, right? in spiritual warfare, we need the protection of the whole armor of God. Not only out of respect for and obedience to God, but also for our own good. Okay, so I've got our questions. Let me ask you, there's three questions. Number one, if Jesus were to visit you personally today, what do you think he might tell you concerning your preparedness for spiritual warfare? What is the most appealing thing about heaven that helps you put your hope in the next world? Do you know the Bible well enough to use specific verses to help you ward off specific temptations? On a scale of 1 to 10, how do you rate? What do you need to do to increase the number? Okay, so our memorization scripture is Ephesians 6, 11. And our prayer is, Dear Lord, thank you that you have given us the weapons we need to be victorious in the spiritual war. Help me to take up each piece of armor and having done that to stand firm. Amen. Okay, y'all. So that was chapters 16 and 17. I wanted to do those together because they were both on, you know, uh, spiritual warfare and just giving us the background of it. And I love how they put in there um, Ephesians. I think it's, oh Lord, where does it start at? I believe, yep, it's all in Ephesians 6, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. That tells us what we are to get up and do every single day. We have to put on our body armor. We have to put that on. We need that to get through the day, okay? Every single day we have to um, prepare ourselves to be ready for when the enemy come tries to come up against us. You know, if we get in our word and we get those scriptures, we, we're not going to memorize the whole Bible. But we got to get those key scriptures that we can have within our minds, within our souls, within our spirit when we get to, when we have to be in those types of situations. Because you're going to be in those situations. Okay? Jesus had to go through these trying times. We 
are going to go through these trying times okay but if you read your word you will see and i don't know um the book that is in but when the devil tried to tempt jesus he gave him the word okay he did not fight with him um with just his own mind he gave him the word of god okay and that's what we have to do we have to be strong and courageous okay we have to know that we when we resist the devil he will flee we have to be prepared okay you have to be prepared you are to study to show yourself approved you have to get in the word okay and this is why i like this book because it gives you scripture it's just not going to tell you something it's not it's just gonna, it's going to back it up with the word of god okay and i didn't i know this book was like it wasn't when i bought it i just wanted to say okay i need a, some books on discipleship so i can get on here and share with people and in my sharing i'm helping myself too i'm learning some things as well so i don't want to come out here and um like i'm, I'm all knowing and i know everything i don't <laughs> but i want to empower others as i empower myself i'm not the type of person i'm gonna learn something and keep it on myself i want to share with other people okay so we can all get right so we can all go on to victory okay so again that was chapter 16 and chapter 17 and you got some scriptures so i suggest you take them and go study them and note them find the ones that resonate with you okay find the ones that's just gonna come easy to just gonna roll off your lips when you speak them words because they they're, they're already in you okay they're like engraved in you that, that's how much it just connects with you okay so again this is a the single mama purpose uh, this episode is brought to you by kingdom gals ministries uh, you can find us um at www.kingdomgalsministries.com uh, you can find us on uh twitter instagram um we have a group on facebook kingdom gals ministries um and this thank you thank you for continuing to click on this link if you've subscribed every time you get that you know that notification that it's a new episode available thank you for listening okay thank you for listening i appreciate it um very very appreciative very humble okay um this is something that uh, my normal self would not do <laughs> wouldn't do it um but i'm i'm doing my best to be obedient to god with everything that he gives for me to do so i thank you all for continuing to listen continue to support um and i'm gonna be back you know we're gonna continue this book i'm probably gonna be doubling up on chapters as i go along whatever ones go together it's probably gonna be like two to three chapters per episode uh, so we can get this book done um but yeah thank you thank you thank you thank you um and just be blessed be blessed find the, the blessings and even the, the little things okay the little things it don't have to be nothing big nothing major you woke up today that's a blessing thank you lord okay find the blessing in the little things we don't have everything we want we don't have everything that we desire but we have our life so be thankful in that okay so again thank you i'll be back with uh some more um chapters for you guys and we're going to continue this thing and we're going to ride this thing out okay have a good day everybody